nasty. Full Moon Features would go out of business. Tonight, we are looking at a rather interesting addition to Full Moon's catalog in that it rips off another movie that they actually own. But first off, might I introduce you to my lovely co-host as always, Gabe. Gabe, are you a fan of toys? Um, I prefer action figures. I, I, please don't call them dolls. They're action figures. Um, are, are you sure? Just because it's fluffy and stuffed doesn't mean it's not made for action. But what if you're wearing the tutu while you play with them? Hey, I told you that fact in confidence, Casey. <laughs> Oops. I wasn't aware it was a secret. Oopsie. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. <laughs> and that brings us to our movie of the night, which is Full Moon Features 1992 quote unquote classic Demonic Toys. Demonic Toys. Demonic Toys. What What is it with Full Moon and creating franchises where it's basically just toys or inanimate objects come to life and attack people? Because what's easier to make into merch than that which is merch already? I guess, but it's... My question is, who would buy this stuff? And then I remember that James Agenese actually does have a full box set of uh, the Puppet Master series. So it's the like... Fuck do you... He would. Yeah, and I would too. I would absolutely buy some fucking Puppet Master action figures. I'm the target demographic. It was me all along. <laughs> and I, I won't lie. I probably would buy a replica of Grizzly Teddy from this movie. But speaking of James A. Janice, we, this was probably the one full moon movie we were most familiar with. As we've both seen, obviously, the kill count on this film. We've also, I personally have already watched this film prior with some friends of mine. And I will be stealing their jokes throughout the entirety of this movie. I mean, throughout the entirety of this recording. I unfortunately watched this by myself without any booze. So I think my, I, I think, unfortunately, my viewpoint was a little skewed in that I was not in the proper mindset for it. Because I can definitely Perhaps. see how this movie could be fun in the right in the right situation. But the fact that I was watching it for this made it a bit less fun and felt more like a chore. Mm. I, I could agree there. I, could, I got the same feeling as I was watching it the second time through, just as a refresher. It felt like a chore. Or, it felt a little bit more like a chore. Whereas, like... This is a good movie to watch with a bunch of friends with some booze for a bad movie night. Because then you can just riff on it and whatnot. You don't really have to pay attention. This is, honestly, that's what full moon movies are good for. Yeah, it's definitely a fuck it, have it on in the background and laugh when the funny stuff happens type of movie. Because I had a blast watching this with my friends. There are a few... Really good, shocking moments. I, I shouldn't say shocking, but really good cheer moments. You know you, you know what I mean? Like in a bad movie when someone's ex, head explodes and you just, everyone just, yeah! Oh yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. 
It, it's kind of like when we watched Reanimator and Dr. Hill's head just went flying through the air and smashed into the wall. Yeah, there's just these moments that when you're in a group, you all get super hype about. And in my personal experience, that was the that has been the best when it comes to watching this movie. But I suppose we should get into the film at this stage. Yeah, since we've basically covered whether this was a good movie or not. And we're saying it's good under the right situation. There's a lot of weird shit in this. I will give the movie that much. There's a lot of weird shit. They threw a lot of stuff at the wall to see what stuck. Mmm. Mmm. But do you want to know what does stick every single time? B-roll of toys. I was going to say opening credits over still panning images of the titular toys. Yes! It's very, very spooky. And I I was watching this, and the thought came in my head, every single one of these movies has, based on the original idea of Charles Band, and I have to think, how involved is Charles Band, or was Charles Band with these films as a whole? Like, was the idea, did he have the plot structure planned out, or was it as much as... Fuck it, I don't know, to kill her toys and there's a woman there and she's pregnant. Spoilers. It's, it's spoilers in as much as literally there there's like I have three other notes and then it says woman admit tells husband she was pregnant. Yeah, cuz after our title crawl, we open on the clock town stare down as I called it. <laughs> Some weird fucking it's some weird fucking, like, uh... It's this weird-ass dream sequence with our leading lady sitting in a rocking chair between a blonde boy and a brunette boy that are playing war for some reason. Yeah, it's some real weird, like, David Lynch in, but, like, if David Lynch didn't know what he was doing... So... And we... Knock off David Lynch. Yeah, I still call it the Clock Town Stare Down. Uh, yeah, that works. They're playing War, I believe, which I don't know how that game is played. I don't either. I'd rather play Magic the Gathering. Ew. But we get, like, cuts of, like, swinging lights, and they're all going, like, Ooh, yeah, I win. No, I win. No, I win. No, I win. War. I'm like, who the fuck wins? But it turns out that this is a dream sequence, and the dreamer is our protagonist named Ju- Judith, who is some sort of cop, having a conversation with her, both work partner and romantic partner, named Matt, who can't act for shit. I don't disagree. I was about to say something, but you know what? No, I'm right. You're right. Um, He also... So in this scene that we understand that they are both so they're both cops yeah and they're both they're here to do a sting on a gun trafficking operation why why are they there alone why are they there alone i guess they thought that they can handle it or whatnot but they're also like why are they also sending two cops who are obviously romantically involved since they work together and have moved in together I feel like that's a bit of a conflict of interest. <laughs> no, it is. It is. Your feelings are correct. It's a very odd setup f- 
for this. So the whole thing is it's a gun trafficking operation head by a man whom his name, I believe, is... It's Lincoln. Lincoln, right. Yeah. Who... who? But but before that, Judith, Judith tells Matt, oh, I'm pregnant. I'm asking you all these questions because I'm trying to gauge how you'd feel about it. And Matt's just like, that's great! Yeah, it's... It's so bad. It's not the best. And we're obviously, like we said, we both watched The Kill Count. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you watched The Kill Count. We're going to probably, there's going to be some overlap as far as things we comment on. Just because, like, those are the things you comment on in this movie. And it's, just like James says, I don't know if he's acting poorly or if he's acting like he's faking that he's acting upset if he's really bad at lying or if he's just really bad at acting i believe is the direct quote yeah it it is not just because of the way he delivers the line but immediately afterwards he's he genuinely seems overjoyed he's like hugging his wife and he's like they're not oh, even married or oh you're right they're not married he's hugging, he's hugging her, his baby mama and He's like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait. But you got to leave. You're pregnant. Why are you here? Which is, again, why Why is she there? She knew she was pregnant. This is a bad choice but, on but her see, part. But see, here's, here's the thing. He doesn't even, he acts like he doesn't even care about that when they go to meet with these gun runners. Oh, he's talking, oh, she's one of our investors and whatnot. So he doesn't even act like it's a big deal. Yeah, I would assume it's just because they are so deep in at this stage that they can't really afford for her to back out? Probably. But, of course, as is to be expected, this deal goes south. And Lincoln draws a gun on Matt, and his blonde-haired partner just straight up throws his gun at the dude. He just <laughs> throws it. It's very ineffectual. Did, did you uh, notice that? Yeah. He just he just tosses the gun at him. He's like, doesn't shoot him. He's got a gun in his hand. Just tosses it at him. So here's something about Lincoln. And I want to know if I'm correct on this opinion or if I'm just being dumb. But you know our mutual f- friend Aaron? Yes. He If Aaron had an older brother, Lincoln is who I'd assume he looked like. See, that's... Maybe it's just the Jew hair. I can't make that kind of I can't make that kind of assumption because I've only ever seen Aaron in pictures. Fair enough. Also, I think that's a little insulting to Aaron. <laughs> Look, I can't be any more insulting to Aaron than Aaron is to Aaron. You know what? That is fair. But moving on, our dearest friend Lincoln shoots baby daddy right in the chest and oh look, he died after one gunshot. It's a very unfortunate but also very real, very realis- realistic. No, but like he doesn't even, he doesn't even like struggle or anything. He's just like, oh, look, I'm shot. I'm dead. Yeah, it's very, it's a very uh, golden gun-esque moment where he just gets insta-killed. He got crit- he got hit by a crit. He got critically hit. Lincoln rolled a nat 20. Yeah, exactly. As we see this wounded criminal running into a toy factory... You are immediately hit by the child's play involved in this. Oh, 100%. You get ripoffs from child's play. You get ripoffs from Puppet Master. I would say that there's... Did Killer Clowns come out by this point? 
I would say so. This was 92. When was Killer Clowns? Let me find out. Yeah, Killer Clowns was 1988. Yeah, so not just... So the Jack in the Box toy feels very Killer Clowns. Maybe it's just because that's how you would do that kind of makeup. But just the overall aesthetic of these toys going evil felt very Killer Clowns. It, this whole movie felt like it was drawing on a lot of other properties to make it work. You know, I can actually believe that considering the Jack in the Box character looks like he belongs in Killer Clowns. He looks like he was made by the Kyoto Brothers. Yeah, and I think, and we'll get into this a bit more, but the toys have gooey insides. They do. And I've always, I've always associated that kind of like weird body horror-esque combination with weird like playfulness to killer clowns and i i think that's another reason why i was feeling those vibes i can i can see that but the the funniest thing to me was our bad guys run into this abandoned toy warehouse for cover and of course our leading lady judith chases after them and then we find the warehouse's security guard named Charnetsky <laughs> watching Puppet Master in his little hole. Puppet Master! Puppet Master is on in the background on the TV in his little hole while he's calling in an order at the Chunky Chicken. Okay, I, uh, several things. First of all, there is a movie which is Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. How does this fit in? I It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Second of all, Chicken. If you were to eat chicken, and it was really, if it was good chicken, I would not use the adjective chunky to describe that chicken. If you were to eat chicken that you would describe as chunky, you should go immediately to the hospital. Like, chicken should be tender, moist, you know, like, crispy. Chunky? No. Get out of my house. (laughs) That's, it's, It's also a very weird interlude in between the cop chase to just have Charnetsky call in to order his order of chunk-style chicken. Yeah, and if this were a movie and was directed like a movie, the way it should have worked is you had the establishing scene of the cops, the establishing scene of the security officer and the delivery boy, and then... You had the cops getting shot afterwards when it ramped up the climax. But as we've learned, full moon features don't make movies. That's not what they do. They make 90 minutes of moving images. (laughs) Plus, this is also a really dumb way to introduce the character of Mark, who plays a major role throughout the film. But... Right now, we just get him delivering Charnitsky's food in the chicken mobile. Mark looks like Mark Wahlberg cosplaying Marty McFly. Yeah, kind of. I thought he looked a little bit like Charlie Sheen, too. Just a little bit. A little bit of Sheen in there as well. He looks kind of like if Mark Wahlberg and Charlie Sheen had a baby. And they were cosplaying Marty McFly, yeah. Yep. And also we get the Chunky Chicken Mobile, which is, I, I hate it. I hate looking at it. I hate looking at the Chunky Chicken Mobile. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Chicken Mobile 
does play a bit of a key role later on in the film. It has but, glowing red eyes. I know, it's horrifying. <laughs> the chunky chicken mobile in itself is a demonic toy. Ugh. Ugh. But, as Lincoln's blonde counterpart is bleeding in the warehouse trying to find shelter, a spotlight appears on a craggy spot on the floor, and of course our villain bleeds on the spot amidst a pile of malformed toys. I, I had written down, uh, please die on this conveniently glowing location. <laughs> he found the spawn point. He found, yeah, he found the Firelink Shrine. He, he... <laughs> he found the spawn point. He just forgot his sword for the bonfire. We also get some of the toys here. We get, uh, we get baby Oopsie Daisy, our first, our first little glimpse at the at baby oopsie daisy and we also get grizzly teddy as well with his very weird malformed face and of course as he bleeds into the cracks on the floor the toys come to life who would have guessed i you know what when i started watching this film called demonic toys i i did not expect this to happen what what did you expect uh, never mind that. Never mind that. Never mind that. Um, and of course, we get our classic trope of the Jack in the Box turning its own crank. Why does he not l run? He needs to run. I think he's just entranced by like, oh, what's gonna come out? Is it gonna be a pretty princess? Is it gonna be a frog? It's gonna be an evil Jack in the Box. That's what it's gonna be. If it you also see... takes for fucking ever. It takes forever. Because this movie needed to be 90 minutes. And and then what? we get our baby killer clown, Jack Attack, who promptly eats his face. Yeah. Jack, it's genuinely kind of upsetting to look at. He's a tiny killer clown. Well, the way that they, they sort of, I was going to say animate, this, that, that's not... The way they puppeteer him? Yeah. It's barely puppeteering. It's very clearly a guy with his hand in in the box. But the way they do it is he's always, like, jittery and, like, really fucking tense. And it looks like he's about to lose his shit at any given moment. And it's genuinely upsetting to look at. He's always just so excited about stuff. He's like, oh, shit, things are going on. What's going on? Oh, yeah, and after this guy starts awakening these toys and gets knocked out by Jack Attack, uh, Grizzly Teddy comes up and we get some good old-fashioned fingy eating. Nom, 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 Ooh, the fingies. They, they love them fingies. <laughs> it's, it's called fingy food for a reason. Ah, uh, <laughs> there's a bit of a theme in these movies of fingers getting removed in these, in these toy movies. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But also, fank fingers are very easy to come across. True, true. And then we get the child. The evil child from nowhere, who looks like he just came from the local McDonald's, the Mc local McDonald's play place. He looks 90s as fuck in that outfit. He does look 90s as fuck. He comes up and he's just like, hello there. No, I'm he's, going to he's, kill you. he just says, hi, guy. Hi there. 
Hi, guy. Hi. And it's this kid who's overdubbed, and God bless this kid is doing a good job. I, I would imagine that to have done this good of a job, like, voicing, like, doing the ADR with this kid, they might have re- pre-recorded the lines of the guy and just played them on set. Because this kid's doing a bang-up job. Yeah. I, I will admit, he did a very good job with matching the tone and, like, the facial expressions he would need for that for the lines. They probably did do the recording first and then and then had him listen to it and whatnot. Or they had him read the lines himself and what he felt was a good way to do it and then dubbed it based off of his facial expressions. Could have been either one. But either way, he did a very good job. Very good job. Very good kid. And uh, I forgot to we forgot to mention before this scene where the toys are ripping this guy apart, the cop lady Judith gets Lincoln in a stuffed animal room and takes him down and like locks him up to a shelf. And sh- of course, female protagonist, her clothes immediately fall off. Like they were made out of tissue paper and while the toys are coming to life they get locked inside the stuffed animal room and they can't seem to get anyone to pay attention to them nope and meanwhile Charnetsky is still watching puppet master and he finally hears the screams from blonde betty as rope as little robot toy pew pews some holes into him oh oh wait nope nope those screams are his movie never mind oh yeah they're and, and he looks at the Puppet Master film and he goes, ah, shit. And I'm like, you know what? That's a good review. <laughs> it, it, the fact that they were showing Puppet Master on the screen really does prove to me that Full Moon features knew what they were doing. It's like, yeah, this is a ripoff of Puppet Master. You all know that. We know it. Just, just go along with the ride. I mean, to be fair, they didn't have to pay for the rights for it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing why Trancers 2 had uh, had the trailer for Crash and Burn in it. It was already theirs. The full universe is rapidly expanding and I could not be happier. <laughs> the full universe. And of course, while, while Trenetsky's determining whether the screams are his movie or just a figment of his imagination, Chicken Dude Mark arrives with his food... And Judith and Lincoln try to get his attention. It does not work. Because he's listening to heavy metal too loud. Because I think that's what they were implying. But she literally breaks a fucking window right above his head. And I feel like even if I was listening to the music as loud as possible, I would like, at least in my periphery, see the glass raining down upon me. Mm, Possibly. But he might not have felt it through the leather on his jacket. Mmm, because he's a real cool guy. A real cool guy. And then we get tits. And then we get tits. Where Chernetsky and Mark are honestly kind of having some good chemistry. Like, I wouldn't know how Chernetsky and Mark ended up with their acquaintanceship. Because uh, they, they seem to be fairly good friends. Yeah. 
It could also be that Charnetsky's just a regular and so he formed a friendship with Mark because he's the one who always delivered his food. Oh, yeah. Uh, either way, they have a good real, good chemistry and I was genuinely enjoying them talking to each other. It felt like some old, like, schlub guy trying to talk to a young kid. He's like, hey, yeah, just find whatever you can. I'm just sitting here eating chicken, watching movies, and it's a pretty good niche. I got it made here. And of course, the ossifer files off some fires off some bullets to try and get the guard's attention, and it barely works. Oh, before that, we should say we get tits via a centerfold image of a woman. Miss July. Miss July. Miss July. And it will that will come back later. Yes, a, a precursor to the tits. So they go out, they try to find where all these this gunfire is coming from. And they establish that Charnetsky has a shotgun in his closet, as well as has a can of bug spray in his office. And all of our characters eventually come to meet, where Charnetsky goes out by himself to get to the phone in his office in order to call for backup so that they can take in Lincoln. Where Mark and Judith and Lincoln are all in the supply room while Charnetsky is off alone. And Charnetsky just starts getting... So, first of all, Charnetsky... First of all, Judith asks Charnetsky, Hey, do you know how to use that gun? And he says, I was in Korea. He doesn't say he was in the Korean War, so I like to imagine he just went to Korea once. And he uses that as an excuse. Yeah. I don't know. He he might have, he seems to be the age that the Korean War would, would make sense. Especially if he was wanting something super cushy afterwards to get a security guard job. It would make sense. Maybe I'm just giving Charnetsky the benefit of the doubt. Nah, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying that because it's funny. <laughs> I done, I done killed the joke. It's dead. You done killed it. But not as bad as Charnetsky's gonna get killed by Baby Oopsie Daisy. God damn it, I hate Baby Oopsie Daisy. <laughs> you know what you're gonna hate more? What? In a few hundred episodes, we'll be watching the Baby Oopsie Daisy movie. Fuck that. <laughs> it is a thing. I'm, oh god. But baby Oopsie Daisy shows up and is like, hey, I can shit my pants. And can you shit your pants? I'm like, fuck, this isn't funny. I hate baby Oopsie Daisy so much. Baby Oopsie Daisy is an obvious rip off of Chucky. And he curses like a fucking sailor. But he's also like very stupidly crude. Yeah, he's not fun like Chucky. No, he's not fun at all. He's just annoying. Chucky had like a dry wit about him, whereas this guy had like a, it was like a wet fart. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to compare, I'm trying to figure out what to compare Baby Oopsie Daisy's behavior to. It's kind of like a 14 year old who is just trying to be funny with a baby doll. No, let me tell you what it is. It's, it is a Redditor's image, mental image of Deadpool. 
It's not Deadpool as written by like professional authors. It's some random chuckle fuck being like, I shit my pants. Can you shit your pants? It's like, dude, you don't get it. That's not a joke. You're not funny. Well, I don't like that at all. But either way, we get some good toy gore afterwards. That is true because Charnetsky has dropped his gun after being attacked by Grizzly Teddy and Baby Oopsie Daisy picks it up and promptly shoots him. Shoots him real fucking good. I will give Baby Oopsie Daisy this. They're a crack shot. Yeah. Even with his little plastic fingers. Oh, yeah. And those little plastic fingers are very dexterous as well. As he then... As, as, as Grizzly Teddy has Charnetsky on the ground, Baby Oopsie Daisy comes up and stabs him in the dick. Like, it's not even subtle. He just, just straight up stabs him in the dick. Ugh. <laughs> I don't like and that this, at all. This guy just is getting ripped apart by these toys. All the people inside are like, what the fuck is happening? What is going on? And all of a sudden, a girl comes out of the vent and says, it's the toys, they're evil. But we, is... we do get the best reaction to Charnetsky getting shot from Mark. Because he just yells a lot of his lines. I love Mark's delivery so much. Mark is wonderful. Mark is my favorite character in this. Like, I, I both love him and hate him, because he's just a, a meathead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, we, we, get, we get a random girl named Anne who comes out from the vents to give exposition. She is very odd because it's one of those 90s tropes of the runaway that is also, like, decorated themselves in with like bits of string and stuff it's very odd and she just literally shows up out yeah. of an event and is like i have the plot <laughs> here you go i brought the plot from the vents because that's where she lives exposition Here's and Exposition Anne, coming to a store near you this holiday season. It's very, very odd. Yep. And, and of course, our bad guy gets possessed by the demon child. Oh, yeah. Oh, not before we get ghost blocks as well that spell out, I want you, I want your death. Because, of course, you got alphabet blocks, you gotta use them. And also, Charnetsky gets dragged off to that crack in the ground where blonde bad guy died. And we get the image of him being in the center of a yellow pentagram with baby oopsie daisies sitting off to the side. Yeah. That, uh... Never comes up again. Well, no. And James A. Janice specifically said that it's a very strange image out of context. And do you want to know something? A very, very fun fact... That I sure. discovered when looking into this movie. Sure. That actor, uh, Peter Shrum, I believe his name is. Uh -huh. If you look him up on IMDb, his the image for that actor is just that out-of-context image of him in the pentagram. <laughs> like, he it's was the in most other notable movies. thing he's ever done. And, like, he's 
is in a lot of other things, and he to the point where he would have a headshot. But no, he's that's just the image of him on fucking IMDb. I wonder if he picked that. Maybe he's the most proud of this role. It's it's very strange. Ugh. But the other guy gets possessed, is like saying some weird shit, and we get the creepy child once again, and we start to get a little bit of information about what their ultimate plan is, but we don't get it all the way, and we will... And trust me, their ultimate plan is the fucking worst. It's the worst. But... Before that, we get random gas mask tricycle girls with horns. What the fuck was that? Casey, explain that to me, please. I, apparently, they're, according to Exposition Anne, they are watchdogs or something, but they're not real. They're just a bunch of random girls on tricycles wearing rubber gas masks from Spirit Halloween. It, again... It's such a weird visual that I feel like has some kind of deeper meaning to it. But this is a full moon movie, so I know it doesn't. It, but it's this isn't the first time we're gonna... This isn't the last time we'll see the Tricycle Girls. But my, my absolute favorite bit that I have to talk about is... Judith and the Demon Child are in... The dollhouse that is... Oh my god, yes. ...in the warehouse. And he is explaining why he's there. And we get a flashback to Halloween of 1925. Oh my god, yes. Where a woman gives birth to a creepy rubber demon baby. But the doctor's like, oh no, he's not gonna make it. So he's, he's stillborn. And, of course, it's Halloween night. So they get some trick-or-treaters, and the old lady, who is the doctor's partner, just gives the demon baby corpse to a bunch of trick-or-treaters. And is like, bury him so that he may grow up and become very strong. And, the and they're kids just are like, cool, okay. sure, dope. Sounds <laughs> hype. A demon baby corpse into their tri- into their treat sacks, and they go to bury it, and they realize what it is, and it's like, oh shit! And they drop it into the hole and just leave it there. And There's that's... no way in the world that those children didn't look at that what was in their bag up until that point. There's no way because I mean I always check after. I always checked after every house to see what I got. You can't can't retroactively make that the past tense. I know you still go trick or treating. <laughs> I wish, I wish I I wish that was socially acceptable. I would very gladly dress up and go house to house begging strangers for candy. But also, the demon baby alien looks like the the puppet from Mac and Me, if you it, know what that is. It does. It straight up looks like Mac and Me had some horns glued on it. It's really bad. It's so bad. But that's still my favorite bit in the movie. Just this old lady like, oh, well, I've got this thing. It's like a seed. You need to plant it and nurture it and it'll grow big and strong so that he may be born again. And I'm just like, is she talking about a tree or Jesus? It's a very fun... 
if if there is this specific scene out of context on YouTube, I would send it to everyone I know just as a random vignette that is unrelated to anything because it's very funny. It's so bad. And at this point, once Demon Child is done explaining his origins, he's like, oh yes, I've brought you here so that I might overtake your baby and and be born again. And not only that. But first, I'm gonna fuck ya. Yes. What? Oh. Oh. God. But that's not what that's not what he says because obviously not they, need what he says. It, they need to make it child friendly. So what they have him say is we're gonna do the nasty, which is which almost is worse. worse. It's worse. It's so much worse. <laughs> it's oh. so much worse. I really, really hate it and love it at the same time. It's it's both awful and amazing at once do you think the kid knew what they were talking about how old do you think that kid was like he looked like he might have been like nine or ten okay so he probably knew what he was talking about but of course he's a kid actor they need to make sure that he's not saying anything too bad because i'm sure his parents were on set so that's probably why they chose that that verbiage but still yeah it's like Oh my god, that's... It's not good. It's not good. And next we get the scene of Mark and the other girl, Anne. Exposition Anne. Exposition Anne in the in the vents, where we get baby oopsie daisy, once again, just comes fucking around with a knife. And robot blaster toy. Robot blaster toy. And, okay, so, have you, did you take a look at Baby Oopsie's mouth as to, like, the mechanics of it? I want to say yes, but I also want to say no. Because it. I did notice things, but I'm also very tired, so I can't recall everything that I saw. So you know how it, it, his mouth sort of, like, stretches up at the sides? Yeah, when he's, like, that, doing that weird, creepy smirk. Yeah. I looked at it, and I'm like, that looks weird. It looks very odd the only part of his mouth that has any depth to it is the part that opens up directly back when like his bottom lip opens up when Mm -hmm. he does the side smirk there is no depth to that it is like painted the teeth are painted on to the plastic underneath the the animatronic Mm -hmm. and i'm like why is this so weird it's like oh that's fake that's fake those are fake teeth yeah. And I don't know if they did that on purpose or if that was a laziness thing. Why not both? You know what? That's fair enough. Plus also, why would baby Oopsie Daisy need teeth if he doesn't use them for killing? Because everything so far, he's been using actual implements. Right. So all of these toys seem to have some magical abilities, except for baby Oopsie Daisy... Who just is a baby doll that can, like, that is alive. With murderous intent. Right. Because the robot toy has fucking guns, right? 
He got he got them pew pews. He really is the most powerful of the toys. And then Grizzly Teddy has those nasty ass razor sharp teeth that bite off fingies. And then and Jack, Jack Attack also has those those nasty teeth that bite off faces. And he's not like a, a jack in the box in so much as he has a spring. He's like a weird snake creature. Yeah. It uh, it it's it kind of reminds me of the Jack in the Box creature from uh, Krampus in that aspect. Do you think Krampus took inspiration from demonic toys? Yes, but they did it better. I yeah, I, I mean, not denying that, but oh my god, they have the teddy bear too. And wait, the doll, the doll. The doll opened its mouth like baby. Oopsie. Oh my god! It's all coming together now. But to be fair, that is that is pretty common toy tropes, and we're not here to dissect Krampus. We're here to dissect demonic toys. Speaking of dissecting, um, Mark and Anne escape the vents and burn the fuck out of baby Oopsie Daisy and the robot toy. I also just love the fact that while they're in the vent. Robot Blaster Toys just rolling through with the suspenseful ass music and Mark just knocks it over like nope. It returns to the thing that these doll-sized antagonists are so ineffectual the moment you know they're coming. Oh yeah. Like, at least with Chucky, you you can't really kill him. He's like super immortal and all that stuff. But as soon as you know the to demonic toys or the puppets are coming, you can just like kick them and though and you'll be fine. It's it's. I or find you, it very funny. Or you do what Mark does and make a stupid ass face while he makes an aerosol blowtorch using the bug spray in Charnetsky's office. Yeah, and he like, he repels. Like, did you did you notice the dumb face he was making while he was using the blowtorch? I'm just like, oh my god. He's really trying his best. He's <laughs> he really trying his best. He's, he's doing his best. <laughs> but while this is going on, Mark gets attacked by Jack Attack, while Anne subsequently, at the same time, gets attacked by Baby Oopsie Daisy. And of course, Mark's too busy with the Jack in the Box. And Baby Oopsie Daisy kills Anne with a knife by stabbing her right. repeatedly in the face. Right. And then Mark gets Jack Attack off of him. He gets a shotgun. We get a head explosion. Shoots him in the face. And a bunch of green goo comes out. Bunch of green goo. All the reanimator goo. All the goo. And as he's firing off the shotgun, Baby Oopsie Daisy escapes. And Anne is now dead. Raising the question, why was she here in the first place? Exposition. Paired was asked and answered. Yeah, they. I swear, they just threw random shit in because they felt like it. Yeah. Plus also probably to pad the runtime as well. This needed to be 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. So Meanwhile, we also Meanwhile... Get... Sorry, go ahead. You're probably... No, I was... Yeah, we, I was going to say Lincoln escapes. Yeah. Lincoln escapes. He uses a pocket knife out of his boot to pick the lock on the handcuffs and i have almost that exact same pocket knife actually and it was really weird seeing it it was like seeing like your buddy as a background extra it's like ooh, ooh, i know him i know him 
<laughs> yeah. Lincoln escapes, and Mark is on patrol with Tranetsky's shotgun, and one of the tricycle girls comes up and becomes a grown woman, and then becomes Mr. Lie because we need a tits. So now I have an important question for you. Yes. Is this now a separate set of tits? Is this another, a new individual pair of tits to the tits counter, or are we counting this as the same tits from before... In, in before in the movie i because the first tits we saw were simply a magazine centerfold i don't think they count because any other time that we've counted tits in a full moon film has been on a living breathing woman mm. Mm. so i don't think the centerfold tits count i think this is our first instance of actual tit in this movie Okay. This is these it's important that we establish these rules for for the for the tit counter. They need to be flesh and blood and fat. And maybe <laughs> silicon. Uh, uh, oh no. <laughs> and maybe silicon. <laughs> but I don't wanna I don't wanna just sort of gloss over this. They did turn that little girl into a sexy woman. And that makes they me did. uncomfortable. They did. Like because first she was a little girl, and then she was a grown woman in, like, sexualized little girl's clothes. And then she became Miss July. Right. And it makes me uncomfortable. I know why they did it. It makes me uncomfortable still. And then Lincoln comes out of nowhere and steals the shotgun from Mark. And is straight up like, I'm gonna kill you because that's what the voices in my head are telling me to do. And right before he's able to shoot Mark, uh, Judith comes out of nowhere, shoots him in the head with the quietest gunshot ever. The quietest and least impactful gunshot. And and Lincoln goes, oh, just when things were getting interesting. And then he falls down dead after getting shot in the head. No, but then he comes back up singing a dumb little song in demon child's voice and then he gets shot in the face again by mark because he's just like nope i ain't dealing with this he doesn't get shot in the face remember he gets his head smacked off like a like a golf ball oh yes that's right he just knocks his his head straight off because mark's just like nope that's one of those i'm done yeah moments i was talking about before where when you see that and you're with a group of friends you just go yeah yeah And But of course, after after Lincoln gets his block knocked off, we get our demon child just sitting in the center of the pentagram in a in a cloak for no real reason. It's like what you're you're the demon. Why are you in the pentagram? And then we get a toy soldier. Yep, because a random toy sword toy soldier decides to come to life. Well, a lot more toys come to life. Fifteen minutes of toys getting shot. Yep, just just Judith and Mark back to back, just shooting all these random toys as they start coming it to life a and whatnot. Action movie montage of them just blowing away dolls, and honestly, I kind of dig it. I would have so the best ending to this scene would have been as they are shooting at all of these toys. After a, about a minute of that happening, there's just a pullback of them standing 
you know, standing there with no music, no sound effects, and it's just them shooting toys that are standing still, which would have been a very fun gag. But obviously, this movie takes itself too seriously. We didn't get that. And once they finish up with their little montage of murder, Grizzly Teddy becomes giant Grizzly Teddy, and I think they recycled the costume from Meridian. Grizzly Teddy becomes a mascot, and... Oh, we missed one thing, which was Baby Oopsie Daisy gets shot and their head comes off. And Baby Oopsie Daisy is like, oh no, woe is me. Is this the end of Baby Oopsie Daisy? And Mark's like, so fucking what? Is this the fucking end? Is this the fucking end of Baby Oopsie Daisy? You do that voice way too good. You do very... It's very painful. Don't So don't do it again for both of our sakes. <laughs> Playtime! Fuck you. <laughs> but Mark shoots baby oopsie daisy to death and i love it and that's when teddy bear becomes a giant mascot which i got vibes of you know obviously the werewolves from meridian but also i got like some weird bigfoot vibes it's a very confused <laughs> costume grizzly foot basically yeah yeah at at this point we're we're just padding the runtime since Grizzly Bear Man is chasing Judith and she's she encounters the little toy soldier that's trying to like lead her to safety and whatnot. But of course, Grizzly Teddy gets through her barricades and she she she, she don't last. She don't last. No, no, no. So I had written in my notes this is some real fuckery and it Google Docs didn't autocorrect fuckery, so I don't know how to feel about this. <laughs> but but anyways, uh, she gets captured after the demon assumes the form of her husband and does like some fucking Beetlejuice gag. Her baby daddy, remember, not her husband. Oh my god, you're right. Ugh. Thank you for correcting me. Her dead baby daddy. And they tie her up, and they're about to do the sacrifice when the toys... Oh, and I should say, the the boy turns into a full-on demon man at this stage and just straight up talks about how he's going to go through her fallopian tubes and, like, do all this weird stuff. And it was at this point, I just had to think, this is someone's fetish. This has to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know this is someone's fetish. Like, this is too specific and too, like, it, it's leaning too heavily on this. This is some, this is suspect. This is, I am, I am not entirely certain. This is straight up an Oedipus complex in hell. It's, the question is, is, was this Charles Band's kink? I'm gonna say yes. I don't yes. want to think about that. I'm gonna say yes, because the... The less I think of Charles Band, the better. But <laughs> I mean, Charles Band did give us Doll Man. No, he didn't. Ta Ta Tim Thomerson did. Tim Thomerson is the hero of that story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever you say. But at this point, we get our little toy soldier, which now becomes a little soldier boy with the red rosy cheeks and everything and the cute little hat. And... Our demon turns back into a little boy, and we get a boy fight! Boy fight! 
it's two little children just doing some like windmill punches it's real funny <laughs> just just a straight up boy fight i loved it it's really and of course good. mean and while this is going on mark is dealing with a uh, grizzly bear man and valiantly sacrifices the chunky chicken mobile by using it to pin grizzly man to the wall of the warehouse punctures the gas tank and just sets the whole thing ablaze i could not be any happier with mark as he purged this movie of two of its greatest evils which is the chunky chicken van and baby oopsie daisy yeah but you know baby oopsie daisy's coming back no they're not casey you can't keep doing yeah, this it's you can't deny the truth you're not a flat earther but baby but i was gonna say baby oopsie daisy the the <laughs> car baby oopsie daisy saves the day it's in my brain now <laughs> the chicken mobile explodes the child saves um the, the the little soldier boy kills the demon boy by stabbing it through with his sword and then we get the reveal that the the soldier boy is in fact her her child her unborn baby her baby cuz like yeah like unborn babies are our souls on the astral plane too i'm just like she's she's not even she's a little over a month pregnant you should not even have a gender a sex yet i was yet. about to say it's very you are a bean there should be there should have been an additional line from that kid that says oh and i confirm that life begins at conception <laughs> what <laughs> no it's like at that point it is a clump of cells it has no discernible reproductive organs that would determine whether it is male or female. I guess at that point you could use the chromosomal factors to determine at that point, but even so. But, you know, I have a more important question for you. Do you think the kid remembers this? Do no. You, because I think it's a lot funnier if he does. <laughs> if, like, he, he gets... He gets to like 10 years old and they're just like eating breakfast and he just puts down the spoon. And he's like, okay, mom, we got to talk about it. We need <laughs> to discuss the time I saved you from that demon. We need to, is, is this, you, you got to stop putting me in the toy soldier outfit, mom. We, I, we can't keep ignoring this. It happened. <laughs> it wasn't a dream. So Judith is saved by her unborn baby in the guise of a toy soldier, and the movie ends with it waving and walking out of frame. And that is how we finish up Demonic Toys. Demonic Toys! Demonic Toys! This was oh, a lot gosh. worse on the second watch through. Yeah, this, I, I should have had some booze for the first time I watched this through. Like. But now I know. It, it genuinely, if you have at all any interest in gen in watching this film, watch it with some friends. Or you know what, just straight up watch the kill count. Y you know what, sure. Listen to our podcast. Watch the kill count. Maybe look up some stills. 
look up that image of baby oopsie daisy next to the security guard it's pretty funny but don't just watch this on your own to have a good time because you won't <laughs> you will not it's um <sighs> but anyways casey what's next I'm actually kind of excited about next week's because next episode we have a superhero film starring Jeffrey Combs called Dr. Mordred. It... What the fuck, dude? (laughs) This is so blatantly a ripoff of Doctor Strange. I know, that's why I'm excited about it's, it. Plus, Jeffrey Combs is our, t- our titular character. I don't know. Jeffrey Combs has let us down the last few, few times we've seen him on this show. But the last few times we see him, he, we've seen him, he was a supporting actor. He wasn't the main, le- he wasn't the main lead. I know. I'm not, that's why I'm not writing it off altogether. But I'm, I'm not... I... Remember, if he's one of the lead actors, he does stu- absolutely stupendously. I, I got. I want to believe, but I gotta. I gotta hold back for just a second. But in the meantime, we shall be signing off for the night, and for your own safety, maybe lock your toys in the closet. Especially if they are baby dolls, and <laughs> like to shit themselves. <laughs> but until next time, bye bye. Bye.